Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. A press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. Season three of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is brought to you by Sumato Coffee. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners will receive a 20% discount on your order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit their website at www.sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with our rawest opinion, while giving you the straight-up facts. That's right. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Chris. We're giving sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On this episode, we are joined by Sharon Willis-Bennett, host of Dear Shea, as we pull back the curtain on overcoming emotional abuse and much, much more. Prez, what's popping, baby? Jules, what's good, man? Man, Prez, you know me, man. Everything's smooth, man. Today's my last day on being on vacation. A little dreading today, but hey, I'm always winning, man. It's 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 good, man. Always winning, last day of vacation. I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I'm i usually with you on you always winning. I don't know. I feel like you're about to take an L when you go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. I've been I've been watching some stuff on the news. Some partners been calling me up, man. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> man, how long how, how long to retirement, man? Oof, I can do it in four. Oh, I can four? do it in four years. Yeah, because I'll I'll have okay. twenty years. Then only bad thing I won't have the age, so it's uh, kind of pointless. So it's like, well, I might as well keep moving. Not let something else pan out. So. <laughs> That's why that's why we're doing this here. I'm just saying. I'm yes, just saying. sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Hey, speak it, man. I receive it too. <laughs> Bruh, keep talking that talk. <laughs> I don't want to get on here and start, you know, telling the audience all about my problems. But this week, you know, I had a lot going on over here. But you know, at the end of the day, man, my grandmother used to always say, Jules, man, God don't give you anything that you can't handle, man. So guess what? Oh. It's Saturday and I'm still over here thriving. So we good. That's that wisdom right there. <laughs> That's what's lacking today, man. But we'll get into that in a future episode, man. With our elders, yes, man. Where are y'all? You know what I mean? Where are y'all, man? <laughs> I'm telling you, we was fortunate, yes, Jules, when we came up, man. Shit, we had Big Mama. 
I don't know what happened oh, to Big Mama. So blessed. All that food, that knowledge. Man, we, that's what we need. That's what this world need right now. We're going to chop that up later on, man. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But, man, let's get into these mailbag questions before we get into the nuts and bolts of this episode. But before we get into the mailbag questions, Jules, I got another fair foul for you in the audience. So, okay. it's been some crazy stuff going on on my block lately with, with neighbors being territorial about their parking spots, man. So I know how people get a little petty. They want to park in front of their places. Okay, cool, fine, whatever. But now, it's gotten to the point over here in my little area where now people are putting little notes on people's cars telling them, please uh-huh. park in front of your own house. So, Jules, fair or foul? First of all, should people be territorial over parking spaces? And then B, how you feel about people putting a note on your car, bro? Oh, man. A, the officer in me, you don't have any rights on the city streets. It's not your property. Mm-hmm. That's that. People do give you a common courtesy. It's your house. You park in front, cool. But if somebody else got you, there's nothing you can do. It's not like you can call somebody and have it towed because it's not your property. So that's a foul if, you know what I'm saying, if somebody uh, leaving notes on it <laughs> and saying, hey, park your car in front of your own spot, that's a foul, man. I'm with you on that. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, audience, because this is a personal situation, because I had somebody, that, one of my partners came through and he came to drop something off and he parked in front of one of the neighbor's cribs. So he was over maybe for like a half hour, 45 minutes. It don't matter. But he mm-hmm. come outside mm-hmm. there's a note on his car from one of the neighbors. And I'm like, man. Uh-huh. So I find I'm like, I went and saw the person. I'm like, hey, what's up with the note? He's like, oh, um, I didn't know whose car that was. Um, and I just wanted to make sure I could park in front of my crib. And I said, hey, man. You don't be putting notes on people's cars, bro. I was like, you know, like, somebody could call the cops on you about that sort of thing. I was like, you don't touch other people's property. So then, of course, mm-hmm. now, you know, he he's all like, no, no, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any problems. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to come to bring no problems. I'm letting you know this ain't cool. Mm-hmm. People can park anywhere. There's times when right. I, I go into Costco, Jules, and I load it up. I got about 30,000 bags, and, my, and there's no spot in front of my house. <laughs> I ain't going and writing notes. I'm like, all right, so I guess I'm making multiple trips. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you do, yeah, you, you do the best which you can because believe how many calls we get on parking. People parking in spots well, and it's like, know. we go there, maybe the car's abandoned, maybe not, but, you know, we run the play. Well, no, the person stay right, like, next door. <laughs> it's just, like you say, it's first, it's, it's, parking is like, people parking is like first come, first serve. It's like, if you have a spot, people going to take it. Now, mm-hmm. if you're gone and you lose a spot, well... When you come back, hey, you take somebody else's spot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's the way it works. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think people in this world, we're going to get into it, but I feel like their focus is in the wrong place, man. We need to be worried about other stuff yeah. that matters, man, and not parking yeah. spaces, bro. But you know, who, nah, who there's get too much it? stuff going on. Too much right, stuff. Right. There's going too on. much stuff going on. Now, a lot of people, they, they, they're black and they're up and they get permit parking or right. residential parking. I'm sorry, the residential parking. Right. Now, that's different. Then you have to get the sticker, a visitor sticker, if you come in there, if you don't stay on that block. For a block that just don't have no residential permit parking, hey, man, first come, first serve. Right, and, and and that's a fair point, Jules, because we do have the residential parking on this block, but I gave my man's uh, visitor's pass, so he he was legit. Right. He so good. I was like, he good. Yeah, so I don't know what old boy's problem was. And my, and my boy, you know, he he kind of like one of the people that he'll kind of, you know, he'll pipe up real quick. And I'm like, nah, man, just go. I got this, man. I was like, you don't need no problems over here. <laughs> hey, 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 if you don't mind me asking, what, what was your guy driving, man? He probably had something slick, man. Oh, he's rolling like you, man. He had a Mustang. He's either, he was hating on his ride or, you know, I, I don't know, man. People people are petty, man. They'll trip on anything, man. 
They will. They will, man. But all right, Jules. So Jules said foul. Audience, hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking on people that are territorial about these parking spots. We'd love to hear what you guys think on it. All right, Jules. Mailbag question time. First question comes over from Chris from Roswell, Georgia. He wants to know what happened to the Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs, bro? They lost. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But what? what, what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, listen. The Brooklyn Nets, I was I was rooting for them because of the schedule and stuff like that. I didn't really catch a lot of basketball, but um, I was rooting for the Nets. You had uh, Irvin, you had Harden, and you also had KD. But the only thing is, they was playing good. They was number two in their division, I believe, in the Central. And um, when it comes out to the playoffs, just the bodies gave out. Kyrie had some injuries. Harden had an injury. I think his hamstring or something like that. When they really needed those players, they got injured, and the rest is history. But but prayers, it's not a, it's not a loss. It's not a loss because they. They went as far as they could, and the season wasn't a, a failure. It's still a successful season. I know they wanted to win the championship, but it's still they were second in the in the East. They went to was it second round? So I mean, they lost, but overall, is it still a successful season? I don't. You know what, Jules? You you're forever an optimist, man. Because I'm looking at that. You can't have a team with KD, Kyrie, and James Harden and, and call that a success when they get beat in the second round. So I'm I'm just gonna say this, man. I'm gonna call a foul on you, sir. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my bad. I'm just looking at the I'm just looking at the bright part. Of it. I'm no, sorry. I, I hear you, man. I know how you do. But no, I agree with the point that you made on the injuries, man. That's pretty much what it came down to, and. I'm sorry, man. They let KD down. That brother was playing his heart out, man. He did not. Did you see where he played like every minute of those last two games? And at the end of that game, bro, when he was hugging his mom, I felt that. I was looking at that. I was like, man, I'd have been hugging my mama too. I'd have been like, man, I tried to do everything, mama. I don't know what happened out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Like yeah, he 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 came. He showed up and showed out, man. Because them them games there, man. He scored like 49 points in game five. I think 48 in game six, something like oh. that. And, Boy, man, he's incredible. He was, he? he was he was doing it. Yeah, he's incredible. He's incredible. And all it man, he was basically the, that damn big size eighteen shoe away from them going to the next round. That big ass foot, man, because he couldn't get it by the line. I thought that shot was a three at first, and then they they zeroed in, and I was like, oh damn, he stepped on the line. But dude, he's an incredible mm. player. He's an incredible player. But to answer your question, Chris, tough loss, man. I'm hoping uh, yeah. next year they come back and they can stay healthy. Because like like Jules said, I mean. Kyrie being out, James Harden being limited. That's just tough. You know, that's hard for you to be able to make up. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens next season. But looking at these playoffs, man, the Milano Hawks, they look pretty good. The Phoenix Suns, they look Ooh. pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. It might be Phoenix. Might be Phoenix and Atlanta. I don't know. They get they a Greek freak came and came yesterday hard on them, man. So oh, yeah, he wasn't playing, was he? <laughs> hey, he came hard on them. So we'll we'll see what happened, man. This is good playoffs, man. I'm I'm able to catch a couple of games. So I watched the Hawk and um, Bucks game yesterday. So yeah, that was a good one. I'll mm-hmm. say this, man. This is the most basketball I watched in two seasons because I ain't watched under that bubble stuff, man. I, I couldn't really get with that. And you and I had talked about this off air, man. It just, that wasn't the league to me. And I didn't really think they should have played. But this year, I got into it, man. So we got treated to some really good basketball. So, Chris, stay tuned, man. I, I think the finals is going to be really, really fun, even if the Nets aren't in it. And mm-hmm. uh, I know I made a bet, you know, earlier in the postseason that the Nets will make it to the finals. And so I was a little pissed off, man, when uh... that Joe Harris on the Nets. He missed that wide open three, man. I swear, bro. I'm not one of these guys that go on, on social media and go after people because I think that's weak. But man, I'm telling you, I almost had that moment, man. I had my little Twitter fingers, they were shaking jewels, but I ain't do it. I was like, <laughs> man. 
<laughs> but I had a lot of I hatred in my I had a lot of hatred in my heart for that man, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> you, you, you didn't you didn't break you didn't break your TV, did you? No, I didn't do that. I only do that during okay. uh bear season with the remotes. <laughs> <laughs> I went through eight of them last damn. season. <laughs> oh damn. I'm running out of old remotes to destroy it, man. Yeah, yeah, right. Damn. <laughs> Ooh, we. I know. All right. Well, next mailback question came over from Donald, and he lives out in uh, Springfield, Illinois. And he wanted to know, what is your least favorite place to visit in the Midwest? So, Donald, he getting a little negative here. He said least favorite. Yeah. Least favorite. Damn, Damn Donald. Well, i only been to the Midwest. You got, you know, because you got us in Illinois, Iowa, and Kansas, Michigan, all that stuff. The least spot I, for me, would be Iowa. Okay. So what's I, it about Iowa? My wife and I, we went to Dubuque, I want to say. We went to Dubuque, and it was nothing to do. Y'all should have known that, but this is a city named Dubuque. <laughs> <laughs> what you we, think you about to do up in there? <laughs> we went to Dubuque and knock on Dubuque to, for you Dubuqueans or whatever how you call yourselves. But uh, Jules um, don't, don't want the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, we, we, we went there. It wasn't really nothing to do. I went to Domino's, and the pizza was terrible and it, it was it, another, it, another mistake yeah it wasn't a good it wasn't the only reason the trip was good because we was together but other than that we just crossed off our, on that list that's that's all okay no i get you it's a butte guy well that, that's a fair one man i had to go there for work one time and you know to jules's point i don't want to smoke either um but <laughs> yeah, i went to my little client meetings and usually after you know your, your day of working you know i'll go get a workout in and then i'm like all right man what can i go get some food and, and sit out and kind of you know chill out man mm-hmm. I, I went and got me some food delivered i was like i don't even want to be out I'm sitting in my hotel room i'm oh, good man. <laughs> nice so I'm going to answer this question for you, Donald. So I'm going to preface this by saying that as a kid coming up, I only went on one vacation. And I think I told you this story, Jules. It was uh, my my brother's grandmother. She won like a lottery or whatever in in Indiana. And she sent me, my mom's, my brother, and my brother's pops to Florida for a trip. I was like 12. That was the only time I had been out of the state. Only vacation I went through during my childhood time. So, Donald. I wanted to just preface that before I give this answer because I don't want to be like coming off like I'm unappreciative about having the opportunity to see other areas. But mm-hmm. since you asked the question, I'm going to answer. Okay. Mine is Cleveland. And I'm a, really? I'm a channel. Yeah, I'm a channel my inner Joe Kim Noah vibes here. Remember when Joe Kim Noah went off on Cleveland, uh, Jules, when he was telling uh-huh. people, he was like, y'all think Cleveland's cool? He said, I've never heard anybody say I'm going on a vacation. I'm going to Cleveland. That's how I feel about Cleveland. I got family out there, man. And I went there and I was like, just not having a good time. I was like, man, I don't know what hell I was. Maybe like 19. And I went there for like this family reunion. And I just didn't like it, man. I've gone a couple times since I went uh, for a Cleveland uh, Bulls game back in the day. And it wasn't because LeBron okay. didn't beat us. But I just, I don't know. I just, I'm not feeling Cleveland. So that's for me. Really? Yeah. I ain't never been to Cleveland. I, I would thought. Cleveland being a big city there, they'll have some stuff jumping jumping off. You know what's a, a hidden secret that a lot of people don't, don't talk on? I went down to Detroit. This was like, man, back in the day, Jay-Z and Eminem, they, remember when they went on tour? I had went to Detroit like for the first time. I mean, this was like a long time ago, man, probably over like 10 years ago. But anyway, I was surprised about how much fun I had down in the D. The concert was at Comerica, and they had like this little area like outside the stadium where all these bars and restaurants, that shit was kind of dope, man. So, and I don't know. I've gone back a couple times, you know, because you know me, I like to, to gamble a little bit. I've gone over to that Greek town. So Detroit's okay. a secret one. I didn't Detroit. realize I was going to have so much fun there. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, good. I haven't been in Detroit in years, but yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe check that one out, but it's cross Cleveland off the list, man. It, <laughs> so don't so don't even go, huh? No, nah, don't even go, man. Ain't nothing okay. there for you, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Our, our next question came over from Lisa, and she's in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And she wanted to know what is your least favorite thing about social media? Oh man, you know, prayers, we talk about this all the time. Least the, the least favorite thing I like about social media is just the negative stuff that's on there. Mm-hmm. It's just too much negative stuff people put out. And it's and it's 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 subliminal and it's if it, if you take it there it's subliminal and stuff and it's not good. I don't have much to say on that. It's just I, I hate yeah. when they put bad bad things on there and they show it and people want the likes uh the numbers of uh-huh. likes and stuff and and people tuning in. And that's what I don't like about it. Hey Jules, that's well said, man. And straight to the point. And and I agree with you. I think for me, when I think of it, I agree with everything you said. I also don't like the mob mentality that goes on there, right? Because then you get people that are like making those subliminal comments about somebody. Then you got a group of people that are ganging up and and, and teaming up with right. that person. I think that's just kind of petty, man. Because most of those people, if you saw them in real life and you were talking to them face to face, they would not have that same energy. Nope. <laughs> you know? Nope. Nope. And it's bullying. And it's just mm-hmm. bullying, man. Yeah. Nope. But you're absolutely right. They won't say that in front of your face since they're hiding behind the little desk and little keyboard. Oh, they, they can go in like, oh, yeah, I'm telling this person off. Mm, take this. Exclamation point. Yeah, right. I hate you. <laughs> right. But I just got this quick message for those fake, tough people online that travel in them packs and try to gang up on people. Remember the words of Tupac. You ain't shit without your homeboys. And that's what I got to say about those type of people. And that is my least favorite part about social media is that mob mentality and people that are clout chasing. I'm like, bro, Mm -hmm. it's not my fault that you weren't popular in high school and you don't have friends outside of this internet thing. But see, for me, I got on Facebook about 2015. I think I told you that, Jules. And I haven't looked back since. I I haven't even, you know, and I'm not knocking people that still rock with it because I know some people, they do it to to keep in touch with family and keep in touch with Uh people from high school. But Mm -hmm. I look back, I'm like, now I realize with some of these people, when I got off Facebook, it's a reason why I stopped talking to you after high school. You was a clown then and you're a clown now. So, good. No, I feel you, man. I'm I'm with you. So, yeah. So, that's my thing on social media. Lisa, we're going to keep that short and to the point. Yeah, right. We're not rocking with it, man. I feel like social media, it has its positives and it has its negatives. But lately, man, it's so toxic that it has more negatives, in my opinion. So, that's my that's my viewpoint there. Dude, you're absolutely right, man. And and it's like it's like no people just want the negativity. Mm-hmm. Some people just want the negativity, and it's like no, you get you get good people out there that's, put, that's speaking and putting out good content and and positive information. No, mm-hmm. rock that, man. Get yeah. a lot of likes for that stuff, man. Spread yeah. that around mm-hmm. because you see it. It all work. It all go hand in hand. The negative stuff, the drama and stuff. It, it plays out in these streets and stuff. I mean, prayers. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. terrible. Yep, you're right about that, brother. So if people, if you guys are listening to this show and you one of these people that's doing that stuff, man, just, man, reevaluate that stuff, man. Just, man, just realize that words are powerful and we got to do better. All right. The next question came over from Dennis from Columbus, Georgia. And he wanted to know what are, what were our thoughts on the most recent airplane attacks? Because we've seen a couple of these situations pop up, Jules. Perez, what's going on out here? <laughs> what's going on out here? You know, on the news, you see somebody had to get arrested, somebody had to get tackled and detained and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, what is going on with these flights? And because I haven't been, you know, I haven't been on plane since all COVID started. So I think in August, I think my brother and, and Big Monster want to go to uh, New Orleans just for a weekend. So we might do that, take a okay. flight there. And uh, 
I'll tell you one thing. If I'm on that flight and you acting up, I'm coming at you. Uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm coming at you. And I'm saying, I'm going to say a monster too. Cause <laughs> Oh God. Make sure you're wearing a mask. Cause sometimes he'd be filming at the mouth where he get a little work. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Red, look, man, I had to actually do some research on this one. Like, man, what is going on? So they reported like over 2,500 reports on unruly behavior. Now, 1,900 of it is by, because people not wearing this mask. Mm-hmm. People just wear the mask. Damn. It's a couple hour flight. I know you can take it up. Now, prayers, correct me if I'm wrong. You can take it out, take it down, and put it back up. Just, just get a little breath and stuff, right? Actually, no. The only time you can oh, no. take okay. the mask down is when they uh, serve you. So, like, if, when they bring uh, water and a drink over, that's the only time. But most of the, okay. the, the rest of the time, okay. you got to have it on there. So, yeah, think about it, man. I, I flew to Vegas earlier in the month. That's a four-hour flight, man, when you got to have the mask on 90% of the time. So, I mean, I get it. But at mm-hmm. the same time, if it's a rule, it's a rule. Shit, ain't nobody special. Put the damn mask on. Right. I mean, what can you do, man? You got other people to think about and stuff. And why hold that up? You know, why have to make an emergency landing? Because you just don't want to just put a little mask up or a T-shirt or whatever the case. Just keep your mouth covered. I mean, it's it's simple, but I guess I guess some things that are simple are hard to others. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this, Jules, when I thought about it. So the mask, that's one component of it. But now we had the one brother that was on the plane trying to open the damn door when they were up in the air. And I'm like, bro, what you doing, man? Uh-uh. What you doing out here? Trying to kill everybody, man. Yeah. And so I, I'm not going to make a joke of it, man, because you know people out here, they're in pain, right. they're hurting. We know that, right? But, bro, mm-hmm. I just wish everybody that needed the help and those resources that they could actually go get it. Because with that being said, like Jules said, I 100% back him up. If you bring your ass anywhere around that flight door and I'm a passenger Mm-mm. on that flight, boy, you're going to fucking feel the passion of Christ because I'm telling you, man, it's going to be some biblical shit going on on that plane because I'm oh, not yeah. playing that. Hey, I got a whole oh, life yeah. to live over here, bro. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody nah. playing them games with you. Uh-uh. Nah, brother, we we throwing you in that circle. We gonna give you a minute violation because nah, you ain't about to you ain't about to get sacrificed. Oh, you ain't about to kill everybody in this plane because you no, acting no. out. Mm-mm. No, because you acting out because you suffering and you in pain. Because listen, man, I, we know you know there's a lot of resources that people aren't getting out here. That's one part of it. But man, when I look at these situations, I'm like, all this person is this is somebody that's in pain, and they don't know what the hell to right. do. That's all that. That's all right. it is. These passengers, they're not playing around, Jules, because you saw that they put hands on Buddy. They yeah. were like, uh-uh. They, right. We ain't playing. You ain't taking us right. down. This this ain't about to be another 9-11. We ain't playing these games. No. Nope. No, sir. No, sir. Hey, and, and big shout out to that, because, you know, some people just sit and just watch. No, no, no. React. Shit. <laughs> Man, nothing. react. Uh-uh. Right. Watch nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. Now, listen, I, I, I'd rather go down fighting, man, than just be sitting there on my phone talking about some... Making them phone calls. I'm like, I'll talk to y'all later. Right. I'm about to go try to figure this out real quick. Right. <laughs> he said, I'm about to go figure this out. <laughs> I like that. He said, I'm about to go figure this out right here. Just, just think about oh, this, man. though, Jules. I saw some of them flight attendants in the videos that they showed with the people that was trying to uh, open the doors. They're going to have to get them some uh-huh. better training, bro. They're going to have to get them yeah, some better training. Yeah. There's one flight attendant. I was like, man, he ain't want no smoke. And I'm like, bro. But he just pushed him out of the way. I'm like, nah, y'all got to do something. Get them some sort of training to help them out. Also, keep somebody by that flight door. No, That flight door should never be unoccupied. People can just like walk by when they go to the restroom. You know, all, all that's stopping you from doing anything is removing that little, the little strip thing that they put up. So it's like, maybe put somebody by that door going forward. Right. Something, hey, hey, something put a, a shock thing on there. Something, who knows, man? Hey, yeah. just make sure that thing is extra safe. <laughs> that's right. Me and Jules, we ain't playing them games. Built different over here.
And that ain't mm-hmm. talk. That ain't talk. <laughs> Shit. I'm good with them hands. <laughs> Shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, hey, you don't grow up on that south side, man, and make it to where me and Jules made it without having to scrap a couple times in your life, man. So, you know, the rules are different oh, yeah. in the streets now. But back then, uh-huh. it was that sweet yeah. science, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last question, man, before we bring on our guests, Sharon okay. Willis Bennett, who's going to come and pull up with us. Dude. Jessica from Columbus, Ohio. She wanted to know, has there been a time when you were betrayed by a friend or family? We about to get deep on this one. When I saw this question here, I was like, oh, man, I don't even want to think about this. For our listeners and stuff, our family. uh, Yes. I'll just say real quick. My grandfather passed away. Uh, I believe I told you. My grandfather passed away, man, I want to say nine, ten years ago. He left everything to my mom to take care of. My mother's a sweet lady, and she won't hurt a fly. Mm-hmm. Well, not unless you, not unless you cross her. I'll that's say how, that. That's what I get her to say. Now, put some, <laughs> yeah, put some respect not, on that yeah, black woman's name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not that. You know, her middle name is Jean, and we used to, we always growing up, we call it Mean Jean. So, oh, <laughs> so, but, but my grandfather left everything to her to pass out to his other kids, my uncles and aunts. Okay. Well. Of course, sometimes prayers when people fa- when people pass and leave stuff, everybody wants it. Everybody thinks they're entitled to more than what they're supposed to get, well, or course. wherever the case may be. So they actually, my mom, she allocated, she gave everybody their portion, what he left, and it wasn't good enough. She uh, she's holding out, and you know, so they end up had to go to court. Now, mind you, my my grandfather stayed in Mississippi, so they had to go back and forth. It had to go to court and stuff, so they were losing money on that way, and it's just a mess. And my mom was just hurt from it because it's like, like, man, you know, you know, they're like, you know me. She, you know I would not do anything. I won't hide anything or won't tell you anything, and and, and this is how you treat me. And then she was she was hurt by it, and I was hurt too because it was like, I, you know, my mom was telling me about the situation, and it was like, wow. It was a rough and sad time, man. Jules, money brings out the worst in people. And then it's unfortunate that the family had to be splintered apart because over that, because all that is is greed, man. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, man, that's that's not your money. That was somebody's money that passed right. on. So it's like, whatever mm-hmm. that person decide, respect that person's wishes. I, I never understood that with mm-hmm. family, when they beef over man. somebody else's belongings and things right. of that nature. Sad, man, sad. So- Right. So my mom was, she was real dealing with the death of her father, my grandfather, and they hounded her about this money and stuff. And she just, she gave her all she had. They went to court, found out it was nothing else. She was right all along, of course. And, you know, throughout the years, the relationship got a little better. They talk and stuff like that. But I still, I still don't think it's the same. It it never will be the same because certain things like that, you can't really come back from. And I think that's one of them, man, because when you cross that type of line, Jules, even if you guys do kind of sit down and talk it, talk it through and patch it up, there's still some underlying tension that's going on in a situation like that. So it's, that's tough to hear, man. I'm sorry to hear about that, bro. I'm really sorry to hear about that. Because like you said, she's trying to deal with the death and trauma of her father being gone. And now you got all these other things going on. It's like, man, that's a lot. That's a mm-hmm. lot to deal with. That's a lot to deal with. And I hope that your mom has kind of worked through some of that because that's a lot for her to, you know, have to work and live through, you know, having those, you know, broken relationships. She had four brothers and sisters, matter of fact. She still talked to one of them pretty good, but the, the other one's not too much. So she she wiped her hands and hey, she she good. She just just moving on. Like, <laughs> yeah, good for her, man. I'm I'm gonna go give mine real quick, Jessica. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go too long with it, but mine is it's extremely personal. 
And Jules knows this, this story, but I'm going to share with the audience. So I had an ex-girlfriend back in the day, a long, long time ago, that she slept with one of the dudes that in our crew from high school. And this is when I was off at way of college, you know, trying to better myself. Man. And, oh, you know, you got people doing stuff like that. But, you know, Jules, and I've shared this with you, and I'm going to share this with the audience. It was less mm-hmm. about the ex-girlfriend cheating for me, bro. Because I'm like, kick rocks. All right, bye. But for me, it was more of somebody that was like a brother to me, man. Like, knew each other since we was like little guys, you know, coming up together. And across that type of line, that was what did it for me, man. So you talk about that type of betrayal. To me, that situation was fucked up. And it definitely caused me not to trust people and friends for a very long time. When you go through that type of trauma, and that's why I was really excited to do this episode today with uh, Sharon, is because the impact of trauma, that shit uh, has major implications on relationships that you have with people. And to this day, I still struggle with some of that. One of the things I would say, and Jules, he and I, we went through some things that he had nothing to do with the situation, but I even fell back from Jules because it was like one of those things when it happened, who do I trust? I'm like, I just don't know. So, and it had nothing at all to do with him. So I just want people to know sometimes, man, when people are out here and you see somebody, you may think, oh man, that person's strong. That person's got it going on. They got this going on. You never know Mm. what type of trauma somebody's been through. You don't never know what type of things that people are dealing with. That's why it's always good for people to be kind to one another, to make sure that people are straight because you never know what things people are carrying with them every day. So like I said, hurt people, they hurt other people. Hurt. Even if it's mm-hmm. not intentional, you're still hurting people, right? And so with that being said, we're going to kick off this show. Sharon, talk to them. How you doing? I am good. I'm good. How are you doing today? We are great. We're glad that you're coming on and chopping it up with us. I've listened to a couple of your episodes of, of your live show that you do, and I thought some really great information that you're giving out to your listeners. And I thought that that would be some great flavor to bring here on our show today. So we wanted to thank you for uh, for jumping on and joining with us. Thank Thanks, you. Ray. Can you talk to our audience real quick about your show? Just I want to make sure that we're getting a little bit more attention and eyes and, and people that can check you out. So can you tell the people where they can find the show and a little bit about your show before we kick off the episode? Dear Shay is a show that is on Facebook Live under the Heal the City umbrella. Find it on Heal the City Inc. on Facebook. And I come on every Thursday at 7.30. And it's a half an hour show. And basically, we're just talking about different life issues. We're talking about emotional abuse. We're talking about things that are going on in the news, in the world, how to deal, how to cope becoming more self-love and getting away from feeling adequate and that you're not enough. So it's an empowerment. I love that. What what brought you down that, that path of, of putting out a show like this? So Dear Shay actually started out as a way for me. I had been in a marriage for 23 years that was physically and emotionally abused. Mm. The physical part healed. The emotional part is something that stays with you. Like you said, trauma stays with you for a very long time. Right. And I had just entered into a new relationship, and I saw that I was bringing the trauma from that past marriage into this new relationship, and it was positive. So I had to find a way to get myself together, basically. And so Dear Shea started off as me writing little love notes to myself, encouraging myself. And then I just started putting it on social media. And I wanted to be a 
a good following on social media because of it, because people are hurting. Um, and a lot of people do not talk about, they talk about the physical abuse, which is real, but no one really understands what emotional abuse is. And no one, it's not something that you can see just by looking at someone they're going through it. That's a really fair point. And one of the, I mean, you brought up even the realest point about the fact that, and congratulations to you. I, I know you recently uh, got uh, remarried. Congratulations to you and your husband. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank but, you. But you brought up one of the realest things, and this is something that I've been guilty of. When you have some of that unresolved trauma from the past, you carry that forward, right? Intentional or unintentional, it's still happening. It yeah. was awesome to hear you kind of check your own self and say, hey, you know what? I need to take mental inventory of what's going on and put a plan in place to overcome some of these things or it's going to cause another issue with this current situation. Yeah, I was literally on the point of losing this relationship and I was like, I didn't want to do that. And mm. it was hard. It was difficult to pick yourself down from the inside out, but it's necessary. And I'm not going to say that I'm perfect now because I'm so far from it, but this was the path that I took to start me on the journey I need to go on. None of us are. We we talk about that on this show all the time. You know, we we always say, look, you find me somebody that's perfect. And I'm like, well, cool. Well, because I've never met one of those people, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so with, with that being said, so when you talk about, you know, some of the things from your past, married, you had kids. I'm sure none of that was probably easy for you going through that situation with having kids and then trying to find a place for yourself, for you to try to heal. So could you kind of talk to our audience about some of the things that you did to overcome uh, and heal some of the things that you went through? Some of the things that I did was when I I started writing the love notes to myself every day, encouraging myself, because a lot of times when you've been in an emotional abusive relationship, it's because you lack self-esteem and you really don't love yourself. So the first thing I had to do was learn how to love and accept Sharon for who she is, all my flaws, all the good things, all the bad things, and accept that and move on. And then the other thing that I found out that helped me was working out. Doctors and therapists will tell you that working out is beneficial to your mental health, not only just your physical health. It allowed me to see how truly strong I can be, and it helped me to get out of my own way to stop overthinking. Mm. Um, the other thing that I did was I went to therapy. Anyone who approaches me and asks me what to do, I say, find a good therapist. Right. You know, I'll refer to you that I know, but find a good therapist because there's so many things that uh, happens in an emotional abusive relationship. You have gaslighting. You learn to self-doubt. You don't trust yourself anymore. You know, your gut, you don't know what your gut is telling you. You don't know if it's from the other person that's been so ingrained into your brain. You don't know if it's your own thought. So in order to untangle all of this, it's like a big shoe knot. You know how you get a knot in your shoe or you get a knot in, in a chain mm-hmm. and it's so tangled up, you don't know which one is the right one to pull. That's how your brain reacts. You don't know what's reality and what's, what's not. And that's a fair point, because one of the things that I was even thinking through some of my own behaviors is when you have your own insecurities that you haven't delved into. And that's why when you brought up the thing about therapy, that's something that even I've done. 
to try to even help me get through some of the things. Even last year when we had the period of isolation and not being around family and just all of the things that were going on in the world, that was a time where I really had to do the work because those were some really dark times. And I think one of the things that when you are basically an active party in being part of the problem and not necessarily the part of the solution is you may do some of those things and not even realize you're doing them. So some of those emotional abusing type of behaviors where you're like, whoa, like this is not a good look. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. when you brought those things up, it made me even like kind of look at myself and say, well, shit, you know, those are some things that I've been guilty of in the past. And the other part about that is not only with gaslighting, but this is something that I'm just now delving into is that you can be abusive to yourself through negative self-talk. So say for instance, you are at work or you're, you know, you're wherever out and about and something happens and you don't get the right answer or you forgot a deadline and you start bashing yourself, right? How could I be so stupid? How could I miss this? How could I forgot that? Mm -hmm. You're basically abusing yourself. And a lot of times when people have been in those type of relationships, you carry that pattern on and the abuser never has to do anything else because now you're doing it to yourself. Self-inflicted. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's deep, Jules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it is. <laughs> it is. And serious. And serious. Because when you start saying that to yourself, it, it doesn't matter what the outside thing now, because everything is just is just negative, and it won't and you won't get better from that, and you can't recover no. because if you if if you're not recover if you're not strong enough in yourself, they say I can do this, dude. You going you gonna be in that same situation for for a long for a long time. One of the things too, when I think about this, and Shane did a great job of opening this conversation up. A lot of times people, when they think about abuse, the first thing they think about is physical abuse. And obviously that's horrible, horrific, you know, people shouldn't be doing that kind of things. But I wonder if the emotional abuse is the one that leaves the scars, because those are the ones that it takes a little bit more effort and work to work through. I definitely think it's worse. And I might just, I'm talking from personal experience, but Mm -hmm. I definitely think it's worse because the scars from physical abuse that bruise on your eye is going to heal. You'll have a black eye for a week or so, and then it's on, right? Um, mm-hmm. The emotional abuse actually changes your mental pattern, whereas you start to forget things. Like, I have a real problem with remembering to do simple things, simple tasks that I set out for the day. Then, not only that, it affects how you relate to your family, how you interact with strangers or individuals, it's the lasting effect, that self-doubt that it basically has been, you basically have been torn down. You have to fight like everything just to build yourself back up. And that can take mm-hmm. years. And that's why it's important to do the work. And that's why I really commend you because when you started doing those love letters to yourself, and, and this is not me making a joke here, but I, I just wanted to bring something up that I remember when I was a kid on Saturday Night Live, they used to have this segment where this guy used to do like these little deep thoughts. And he did these little words of affirmation and it cracked me up. But I think more people need to do that. You have to love yourself before you expect somebody else to love you. And so when you were doing those love letters to yourself, it was almost like your little diary to yourself to remind you that you matter and that you have value. And I think that that's important. Any of our listeners that are listening to this show right now, Start thinking about that because I know all of us are dealing with our own different levels of pain, right? Jules brought up the point where his mother went through that division within their family. That's some trauma that she's carrying, and I hope that she's working through that, right? And so we all have to be kind to ourselves because if we're not, 
then we're just going to be a torpedo of trauma and we're just going to fucking tear up somebody else's lives. And that's things that I've had to work through in my own life. I shared that story that I, when I said, I carried that trauma for years before I did anything with it. Now you imagine the fucking people that I have torn down throughout that time and not even realizing that I was doing that. And that's why I think conversations like this are so important because there's people out here that are still doing those type of things without taking a look in the mirror and realizing the part that they play in destruction. Right. right. So for you, what was it, uh, Shay, that said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. And I need to be a better version of myself for me. What made me leave? That or just also to taking those steps to start going down that path that you went through. Because you mentioned the relationship piece, which you're, you're with your current husband. You wanted to make sure that that situation was cool. But even before you got there, what were some of the things that you did for you? to get you out of that situation and also on this path that you're, you know, making positive strides? When I left, well, I was actually kicked out. But when I kicked out, I finally decided that, you know what, whatever should be, should be. I was not going to fight anymore to stay in a situation that was detrimental to myself and to my children. And then I just started really honing in and finding out the things that made me happy. I actually started dating myself. I would take myself on dates, and I am not the type of person truly likes to be by myself. But I realized I had never been by myself. I went from my parents' home to getting married, and it was the first time I was actually on my own. And so I had to be okay. I had to sit in my feelings and my emotions and sit there and be okay with it. And then I started to look at myself and say, Okay, what about you allowed this situation to occur? What was it about you? And then I started working on that. And I knew it was my, my self-esteem because I was in high school. I was a straight-A student. I'm, I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I, had, I like to have fun. But I had turned into someone totally different, and I didn't recognize her anymore. So I wanted to recognize myself in the mirror. So that's what really got me going was... I didn't know who this person before me was. I had been in situations I would have never been in before. Never wanted to or never would have thought I would have been in. And so that was like a big eye-opener for me. When it comes to mental and physical health, you got to make yourself a priority. One of the biggest things that I've realized in situations where I haven't been on the up and up is the person is worried about pleasing you but then they're not doing anything to make their own selves happy. And that's why I thought that that was a really good point that you made there. I also think, too, even for my own my own self, Shay, even with some of the things that I've gone through, I had to establish boundaries, I think, to ensure that I wasn't putting myself in situations where I was continually to hurt or continue to allow people to take of me when I wasn't even giving it or putting more into my own self. So those are some things I think that when I look at that I think the priority piece and then establishing all those boundaries are really... I agree. Boundaries are very important because you have to know what you... You have to set what you're going to allow anyone to do to you and what you're going to allow yourself to do for anyone else. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And also, too, Jules, realizing in these situations because the person that's going through the abuse they can't fix the person on the other side. That person has to put in their work, right? So I talked about going to therapy. Shay mentioned she went to therapy. You know, so a lot of times you got to look yourself in the mirror and you have to do the work to fix yourself because the other person that's trying to fix you, the other person that's being impacted by this, they can't do anything to save you. Oh, you're just a runaway right. train of just 
just tearing up everything around mm-hmm. you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then plus it's you you coming in, they don't know what's going on if you're not saying anything. So when you coming in and not fixing your issues and your problems that's going on the inside, you just bring that into the relationship. And it's going to be the same outcome because you're not set, you're not straight, and you're not healthy. So it's just going to mess up that relationship you get with that new person or or family in, the, in that case. So that's why that self-love and self-evaluate yourself and self-affirmation is key. For me, the way it started is to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to do what I got to do to get myself back in, in order mentally and physically and move, and move on, move forward. I think also a big thing is is support system. And, uh, and Shay, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you, what did that support system look like for you at that time? Because, I mean, it sounded like you had a, you know, a traumatic experience that you were able to work yourself out of. Were there any people around you that you could credit them for, you know, getting you to this place that you're at right now? I have uh, some good friends that I've had, um, Heather and Trisha, since I was, well, my, Heather's my cousin, so since birth, but Trisha, we all three have been friends since we were three years old. And they went through everything with me. They went through the isolation, not being uh, available to them, and they just reaffirmed who I who they knew me to be as a person, even when I doubted it. And then in my new relationship, my now husband, he was a big part because he always made sure that I knew that I was capable and that I was worth it and that if I put the work in, I would be okay. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. And salute to that, man. That's that's a king right there. You know, oh, we, yeah. we, we talk about this on the show a lot, Shay, where, you know, our black men, we, they don't get the credit that they deserve. And that's the man right there mm-hmm. behind the scenes that was vital in that situation. So I just want to give a salute to him because we need yep. more like that. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I wanted to to just kind of get across, and this is something for me that's helped me was being more open and not just keeping everything inside like a vault. Because, you know, Jules will tell you this, like I'm one of those people that's just, I'm, I'm always in this mode of just like getting shit done and, and just like, you know, just moving through life that way. And then sometimes you got to take a step back and and slow down, you know, and and really mm-hmm. see how you're moving, right? Because <laughs> sometimes right. you're not moving in the best right. ways. So that that yeah. was something for me. So I think for for me, it was just that being open, opening myself up, and working on being more transparent. You know, so I don't know, you know, for you with the with the love letters and, and those word of affirmations, if that's how it started for you. But I think that's something that I'm working on to this, you know, present day. You know, just trying to be more transparent, trying to be more open, because I think that's the only way that you can really start to love yourself again and start to to be able to improve your relationships with other people. I think that's really important because with transparency, you find out when you open like that, that there's other people who are going through the same thing you're going through and you don't feel so alone. For me, going through a childhood, being raised without a father, right? Not having that male role model in the house. There was a lot of things about me that I had no idea what I didn't know, right? There was a lot of things that I thought being a man was certain things that I was doing that I was picking up on that I was seeing other people doing, but I didn't have that example around me of what it means to be a man, right? Jules, and I always credit his pops because his father was in the household. He raised three boys and they became Mm -hmm. strong men. So me, I became a man through trial and tribulation and I'm still today, still trying to figure it out. And so that's one of the things that a lot of times people don't even realize the path that someone took. You don't know what road someone went to the person that you see today. And you may think, man, this person is so put together, but inside that person can be broken apart. Right. 
you can't judge anyone by what you see on the outside. You don't know what they're going through. With that being said, for me, and and Jules knows this, but I do a lot of work with kids in the inner city. The main reason why I do the work that I'm doing with these these children is because I don't want them to come up the way that I did, you know, being toxic. And I think that if you can maybe change one person or have an impact on one person, just imagine that you can make a difference, Mm -hmm. right? And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do. You know, my, my grandmother used to always say, and I, I didn't pay much attention to it when I was coming up, but she would always say, each one, reach one. And that's something yeah. now, when, when I look back on that, I'm like, damn, that's that's that was the lesson. She was trying to pass me them nuggets then. I just wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Prez, you listening? And, and not only, man, you you putting the work in. So, man, hey, she looking down, smiling at you, bro. <laughs> I, ho- I hope so, man. I, I really do, man. <laughs> So, Shay, what words of affirmation do you have for our audience? Because people that are listening to this, there's probably people in all various stages of things that are going on. You got people now that, that we've come out of that pandemic. They might have broken relationships with friends, family, within their marriages. What type of words of affirmation do you have that you could share and impart with our audience? One of the things that I do on a daily basis, I take five minutes out of my day to do either while I'm working or before I get going on the day. I do. I do meditation, and when I am breathing in, I am breathing in all positive things about myself. So I'll say, I am enough, because that was a big thing for me, to know that I was enough. And then when I breathe out, I'm breathing out the ache, but I'm breathing it out in a positive way. So I will say, I'm enough. And to breathe out, I will say, I am not selfish. Things you believe about yourself, Say it in a way that makes it, you got to flip it. You got to make it positive. So I'm enough. I am worth it. I am wise. I'm intelligent. I trust myself. Those are all the different affirmations I will tell myself throughout the day. That's powerful right there, too, because that's Mm -hmm. that's a continuing journey. And that's one thing that I want people to realize is that this work isn't going to be something that's going to happen overnight. You got to continue to put that work in. And even when you get over an initial hurdle, that's when you got to work even harder to make sure you don't fall back and take step back in the yeah. journey. You know what I mean? I tell one of my best friends, um, one of my favorite saying is growth hard, but it's worth it. It growth is fucking hard because there's going to be days when you are in tears. There's going to be days where you just still feel like it. There's going to be days where you don't, you know, you see that you've grown, but you're like, okay, there's another hurdle to get over. Because mm-hmm. you are constantly stretched. You're constantly being challenged. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. And don't give up. Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> I'm really, really thankful for, you know, having this time with you here on the show and you passing down some mm-hmm. of the things and you telling your story because it can't be easy to trauma. When I tell some of my stories with the kids that I'm mentoring, it kind of helps me to heal a little bit in some of the things that I have going on. But I'm just very thankful that you came on with us and shared this. People can build and elevate themselves up from even having this type of information and knowledge. I agree. Man, this right here is 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 what people need to hear, and what Shay has has blessed us with on this this episode is a lot of a lot of good things people can take home with, and we just want to say thank you and appreciate you for for coming out. Life is just rough in general, life is hard in general, and I'm a big 
believer in faith and God and stuff. And and I believe that right there. And he always get me through because there's a lot of things people go through. We said on the show, you don't know what that person is going through. But you kind of, the God gave you a Holy Spirit and kind of give you discernment on what what you can say and people can, going through something and and just praying for that person is, is powerful. I leave here and I pray for you guys that everything is smooth and that you guys can continue to bring strong and keep good doing and living your life. Good shit there. And, and Shay, uh, once again, congratulations to you and your husband. And like I said, you know, mm-hmm. this, this conversation doesn't end here. I would love to have you back on and for us to have a part two of this discussion, because I just think that there's so many valuable nuggets that you share with your audience that I would love for you to come back and, and share with us on a second edition of this type of episode. I would love that. We appreciate you so much and definitely thank you for joining on thank with us today. You. Thank you, Shay. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Man, Jules, season three wow. of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, man. We told you, audience, we were going to be thoughtful in what we're doing, and we coming back and have us these conversations that need to be had, Jules. Man, it's, this one here was, wow, you just sit back and just listen to her stories and your stories, and and wow, just it, it, emotional abuse is, is wow, it's, it's rough. It is rough, and if you let that thing beat you, it'll just keep you down and keep you stagnant and, and not progressing and moving on. What she did, she said, she, hey, she, she had to look herself in the mirror. And Perez, we talked about this on, I want to say, in season one. And it's like, hey, you got to look at that man in the mirror first, that female mm-hmm. in the mirror first, mm-hmm. before anything. Mm-hmm. And wow, how she was able to overcome and, and, and move forward, and she got remarried, and I'm just, I'm just happy for her. Man, I'm real happy for her. Yeah, and but the one thing that I wanted our audience to pick up on is the fact that she's got a support system. She's got a man mm-hmm. in her life that helped her in that healing process. So he was in the trenches right. with her. And I think that that's yes. important. That's very important. That is. It is, man. When you find somebody, when you find that soulmate, you know, you guys there to compliment each other. When somebody's down, you get that person to help you up or vice versa or wherever the case may be. You, man, you get that support system. Parent, best friend, your spouse, a neighbor. Man, you got a strong support system, man. Wow. And the sky's the limit. And I would just tell mm-hmm. you this about my own my own life, man. It's just when you're used to just being kind of a lone ranger and, and, and figuring out and solving all your problems on your own, when you do connect with that person that you feel like I could be vulnerable with and I could be vulnerable around and not feel like that person is judging you or you're less than because you're being vulnerable with that person. I think that that's one of the things, and that was one of the biggest, I would say, hurdles for me personally, is just being able to be vulnerable because a lot of men, Mm -hmm. they're afraid to be vulnerable because they feel like it makes them look like a punk and it makes them look weak. But to me, you're weak when you're out here doing fucked up shit. You know, you know my pops. I call him man of all men because that dude is just tough from little until now. I had never seen him vulnerable. He was just always just a tough, just a tough man coming up. I didn't learn that from him in that part. So I had to learn it from my mom part, mm-hmm. my mom's side, that vulnerability and talk about things and stuff. And then, you know, being married and stuff like that is work and stuff. So you find things out as you go. But man, that part right there, that vulnerable part. It's it's okay. You you speak you speak volumes right there, Perez. When hey, listen, 
I know we man, we talk, we strong, we strong and stuff like that. Hey, but God made these tears for a reason or made you mama for a reason. It's, it's human. You're human. Right. You're still human. So yeah. And, and the only thing that I'm just going to add to that before we get out of here is finding your support system or not trying mm-hmm. to feel like that you need to tackle all these issues and things that are going on on your own. Because once you get out of that situation and where you're trying to take it all on yourself and you have a support system. So Shay mentioned her cousin. She mentioned her partner. Mm-hmm. Whoever those people are in your life, they want to know and they want to help you. You know, but people can't help you if they don't know the, the trials and tribulations that you're going through. Because a lot of times, like Shay mentioned, emotional abuse, whether you are the person that's doing the abuse or you're the person on the other end of it, you can't see those scars. You don't know what people are going through. Some people just go through life and they're hurt and they just kind of go through the motions of life. They're numb. And I want to see a situation in this world where people can be best versions of themselves. When you're the best version of yourself, then you're being a light to the people around you. And that just passes yes, on. Sir. Like I mentioned with basically, yes, if you can, if you can reach the next person, well, then now that person can take that gift and they can go wrong with that. <laughs> you, you hit it right on the head. Best version of yourself. Oh, man, it's funny. It's, this is a confirmation because I had told somebody in the gym, they was like, man, you know, I just want to, you know, look like this. And they're like, I said, no, you ain't got to look like that person because you can't just be the best version of yourself. That's all. <laughs> and you know what? I'm glad, so, I'm glad that you told, told that person that. Because you know what, Jules? This is another thing that, that, that I wanted to say in, earlier in the conversation. People that are looking to compete and to compare themselves to another person. The only person that you mm-hmm. should be in competition with is yourself. Exactly. Yes. It doesn't matter about the person to the left or the right of you is doing because they got their own trials and tribulations. You don't know what that person got going on. The, the, mm-hmm. the person that you need to be worried about is improving is you. And that's the person that I'm working on every single day. I tell you guys on this show all the time, I'm not a perfect man. I'm striving every day to be a better man. And that's why I think that's all we can do in this world. Stop looking down on other people that have uh, shortcomings. Stop looking down on people that have gone through these situations. There's a lot of times people will say, why does this person not leave when they're in a situation like that? It's a lot easier for you to sit back and point fingers and make comments. Mm-hmm. You don't know oh, the internet. You're exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right about that one. Mm-hmm. Emotional abuse, as, as Shay talked about, it has many layers to it. And that shit is deep. It takes a long process to get out of that. And you heard her story. She told us that she had been married for 23 years. You think it's easy for somebody to walk away from a marriage of 23 no. years when they have kids? Mm-mm, mm-mm, no. <laughs> no. You know, that's somebody that she had been with since she was in high school. Then you have the whole situation of where am I, me, where are me and my kids going to go to live, right? So it's just really easy for people to say, oh, well, if that was me, I would be involved in a situation like that. I would go. I would do this. You wouldn't do shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah, okay. Right. And, 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 and that's what's wrong, Jules, is that a lot of times people are so busy uh, minding somebody else's business. It's because you haven't had to be in a situation like that and count yourself fortunate and lucky that you haven't. Have a little bit of empathy towards them. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're right, because that's that morning, morning quarterback or you outside looking in. And and like I said earlier in this episode, life is hard, man. And And if you don't have a support system, if that your only support system is the person who's doing the abuse, too. You, you, <laughs> that is very strong a shade to to leave that, you know? But she had to. But she had yeah, to in order to keep living. 
And, and if one thing I would say about her now, you can see that she's starting to get back to the person of who she was. And I think that mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's really important because I even think about my own stuff. I'm not the same person that I was when we were in high school, but nobody's going to be the actual same version of themselves. Now, there's things about right. me that are the same, but there's been a lot of shit that's going on in these 25, 30 years, you know? And so, you know... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A life decision stuff, it'll shape and mold you now. Them, them things you've been, you've been experiencing, man, it'll mold you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But I think the biggest thing is, is just uh, learning, growing, and moving forward. That's the biggest thing that you could do. Like I said, I just want to be a light to people and be more of a solution and not a problem. And that's why this podcast and this platform is so near and dear to me and Jules because we want to be a part of that solution. There's so many things out here that are negative. There's so many things out there that are toxic. But when you listen to our words, we want you guys to come away from this feeling uplifted and knowing that you got two people here that want to see you be great and know that you can be great. And Mm -hmm. that's just what we want to leave you guys with. Jules, go to hit him with that curtain call, bruh. Perez, this curtain call goes out to 211. 211 is the most comprehensive source of information about local resources and service in the country. There are boots on the ground with local experts who make finding help for those in need easier. The 211 network responds to more than 14 million requests from help every year. Most calls, web chats, and text messages are from people looking for help meeting basic needs like housing, food, transportation, and healthcare. The 211 service is provided by more than 200 local organizations that are committed to serving their communities. Many different kinds of organizations operate the 211 service, including United Ways, Goodwill, Community Action Partnership, and Local Crisis Center. 211, President I am pulling back the Curtain Podcast family. I'd like to thank you and appreciate it for all your hard work. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.